Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is February 20th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's issues in under an hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Well, how are you, my friend? Well, I am better than I've been in a long time, and we're going to get to that right away. But, uh, yeah, I mean, oh. it's. Uh, I'll, I will talk about that in a few minutes, but, yeah, it's. I'm feeling great. How about you? Oh, I am also feeling great on a staycation here in the beautiful city of Bridges, looking out at the South Saskatchewan River from one of Saskatchewan's premier hotels and uh anybody who lives in the in canada because we are one of the coldest countries in the world if you're by a river or a lake in the winter you can always look out and you can see the, almost like a cloud of steam over top of the open water because of the the water vapor well that's what i'm looking at right now so it's uh it's looking at the south saskatchewan river that is not frozen over but all that water vapor flying over it looks like a cloud of steam so it's a really neat contrast yeah, we we uh, when when we hit minus twenty four, minus twenty five here back in December, um, we had that over the entire lake, and it was wow. it looked like um, it almost looked like mini tornadoes the way it was all uh, shaped, like like the way oh, the cool. steam was shaped. It was it was the neatest thing, like. There's, if you, like, you can see them online because lots of people took pictures and it's, it's uh, just the coolest, like, um, sight because we don't, we don't usually get that cold here, right? And so when we did, it was, it was something, it looked like some out of Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Canada, we've got a great show for you today. On the show today, inflation is up again. One protest comes to an end while another explodes. The Freedom Convoy comes to an end. How much of a douchebag is Justin Trudeau? Yes, I said that. And more. Let's start in BC, sir. Why are you so happy today? Well, we heard that there was a place that doesn't check Vax passports if you want to go for a meal. So... It's, it's not anywhere near where we live, so we had to drive. And uh, I am not telling anybody where this is because they will get shut down because they're breaking the law. Um, but when we got there, we walked in. We had a friend who was who's, who's not vaccinated, so this is the first time she's been out in, oh, probably a year. And... Uh, so we went to we went to this place, and um, I'll tell you, man, I had no idea. I mean, I knew that wearing masks everywhere brought us all down a little bit because you could tell nobody is their usual happy self. That it's it's there is uh, a bit of. Uh, psychological and emotional damage being done by the masks and um uh, we all kind of knew that but i'll tell you when you don't have to wear a mask into a restaurant or a bar uh if it actually feels wrong 
at first, and then you go, holy crap, I can see everybody. And you're mingling with people, nobody's wearing masks, nobody's checking passports, and everybody's up dancing, singing, having a great time. It was amazing. I didn't realize how how much these masks are bringing people down. It was, it felt, I hate to overstate it because it sounds a bit mm, hyperbolic, but it felt like you were being released from like some kind of prison, not, not like a real prison, but you know, the prison of your mind, it just felt like freedom. It really did. And so, you know, the, the, the convoy, the convoy using the word freedom to say what they're fighting for, it really did feel like that. It really did. And, uh, don't anybody email me or send me a message on Facebook or anything like that, looking to find out where this place is. I am not going to tell you. <laughs> no, nor should you. That's uh that's fantastic. Yeah, when you when you talk about that, you're right. That's probably a good reason that the Freedom Convoy did use that expression. Like I remember even during the 21 election when Maxime Bernier had his his election night party here in Saskatoon, that was one big thing people were shouting freedom all over the place. And uh that's that's an interesting comparison. That's uh I think you're right. That is definitely is freedom. So uh I'm glad to hear that. Now, there was an announcement after our show was recorded last Tuesday in BC on the whole vaccine passport and public health restrictions. How yeah. did that turn out? Well, not as well as people had hoped, um, because the only people that were affected by any kind of restriction removal are fully vaccinated people. Oh. Uh, so they... They've allowed restaurants to go back to full capacity. There's no more restrictions on, you know, how many people can sit at a table. Um, there's no more restrictions on indoor uh, events, uh, seating capacities, uh, those kinds of things. But the only people who can get into those places are fully vaccinated. Oh, so, so vaccine passports are, must still be in place then? They are. They are here. I mean, they've been... Dr. Barney Henry, a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago, extended them to June 28th. Um, wow. Every other province is ditching them, as you know, because you live in one of those provinces. And not BC. BC's like, hell no, we won't go. We're We're keeping this. And they've extended it to June 28th. Every other province, almost every other province is ditching them. Um, we, it will not be long before BC is the only province left with, with fax passports and with mask mandates and all of that. Um, it's, it's very disappointing, but I mean, I know why it's happening and it's because John Horgan has a, a great deal of disdain for the protesters and has said some disparaging things regarding them and I believe that 
this is just his way of thumbing his nose or flipping the finger to them, uh, saying, look, everybody else is going to get um, the restrictions lifted by you guys. You guys are going to keep them. That's a real shame, because since we uh, published our last show, Quebec, the a.k.a. the Socialist Republic of New France, has decided that even they are going to scrap vaccine passports. And uh-huh. as we discussed on our last show, they've done away with the idea of taxing the unvaccinated. Ontario has decided that, yeah, they're going to do away with vaccine passports as well. Um, they're going to keep masks around. But, yeah, otherwise, like Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, they're all, all, all ditching the masks and the vaccine passports. Here in Saskatchewan, for example, we've got eight days to go and there'll be no more public health restrictions. It'll be fully lifted, so we'll be back to living life as it was meant to be lived. lived. So uh, I can't wait. Yeah, and, you know, you got, it makes you kind of wonder, like, why, why don't they just lift them when they announce them? Yeah, you know, that's a, a really good question. I've wondered that, too. It's like, um, how do you predict that, you know, 14 days from now it will be safer than it is today? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they know that because the numbers are dropping. But I mean, how? Why? Why? Why now? Why then? Why not now? Like, what's the difference, really? Oh, and yeah, and and the keeping keeping the masks around. There's only one mask type that even that even does anything, and that's the that's the N95, and. Nobody wears M95s. Very, very few people do because they're expensive. And and nobody, every, most people wear the stupid cloth masks or or um, I see, it's shocking how many people I see wearing bandanas and, and how many people I see wearing those stupid clear plastic shields that the only thing that they they kind of cover is your mouth but there's like giant gaps all the way around them it's like a little piece of plastic that's no bigger than than the lens on a sun a pair of sunglasses and it's covering their mouth and apparently that's all right i i don't understand and i think that's that's something i've never been able to wrap my head around but um but i mean the the overwhelming vast majority of people are wearing things that don't even work yeah, that's true. As we've discussed, well, many times in this show, uh, and this is just my opinion, that we keep the masks around because the government wants us to have that 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 symbol of fear in our minds. You've got to keep being afraid of this virus, and having that mask on shows everybody that we're all afraid. And my, I know I've said this many times, I'm tired of being afraid. Yeah, well, and I mean, I knew I was tired of it, Um because, I mean, every time I picked up a mask to put it on, I would look at it and say a four-letter word. And, uh, but now, like, after after last night, I will tell you, man, it's like, I didn't, I had no idea how much I hated masks until last night. Well, I'm glad you got to have that experience. Um, now, let's contrast all these provincial governments lifting restrictions, dropping mandates, and compare that to our government in Ottawa, who has said, well, nothing. The The only restriction that the government is going to lift is that as of March 1st, returning travelers will no longer need to submit to a PCR test. So 
thanks that you saved us a couple hundred bucks. But otherwise, yep, everything else is still in place on the federal level. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... The, the federal government is, has lost its way. I mean, I, I don't not that they were ever on the correct path, but... But they've really lost their way. And, I mean, they have lost control. They've totally lost control. And it's, I mean, nothing nothing shows that more than what Trudeau said in the House of Commons this week and, um, and how that whole situation was handled, or rather not handled. And, um, and I mean, this only lifting... The PCR test. I mean, they kind of had to because you can't even get PCR tests anymore because with Omicron, there was so much testing going on because it was so infectious that uh, there were no PCR tests available for people who were traveling. So, I mean, they kind of had to. They were forced into it. And, And I mean, and honestly, it took them so long to make that decision like they don't, our, our federal government doesn't make decisions. They hate it. They they avoid making decisions at all costs, and and we've seen that with how they've handled the whole the whole convoy protesting. Um, but we've also seen it on the uh, with the COVID restrictions and how they um, how they the the PCR testing was a problem. In late no, in late December, there were so many PCR tests being done in places like the United States and Mexico and all that that the that returning travelers to Canada couldn't even get a PCR test so they could fly home, and yet it took them almost two months to make a decision to not require the PCR test. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. That's, uh, well, I want to say that's actually speedy for our government. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, and we'll get to those uh, particular clowns momentarily. Well, actually, let's get, let's get into that now. Um, now, the Bank of Canada has set a target for inflation at 2%, and right up until... They blew over that 2%. They were confident they were going to keep it at 2%. Well, the latest figures show inflation has now gone up to 5.1% in Canada. Now, I will remind our listeners every single time we discuss inflation that the costs of energy and housing are not included in the inflation rate in Canada. They go by the Consumer Price Index, which for some reason takes those two very, very expensive commodities out of the equation. So the reported inflation rate is 5.1%. Anybody who's gone to a grocery store in the last couple of weeks or had to fill up at the gas pumps knows it is way higher than that. Um, I know diesel here in Saskatoon, $1.51.9. Regular gas, $1.47.9. Those are both records. How is it in BC? Well, where I live, um, regular gas is a dollar sixty-two, and diesel is a dollar sixty-six. Ouch! And those are all the highest I've ever seen them. Um, 
I filled up my my diesel truck uh, yesterday, and it cost me a hundred and eighty-seven dollars, and it wasn't even empty. Yeah, that that's crazy. I mean, speaking of that, my wife drives a small SUV, and her car was the round, just under a quarter tank, and it was almost ninety dollars to fill up, and it's not a big tank. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, my uh, my daughter drives a uh, a little Mazda three, and uh, I filled that up. Uh, when was that? Yesterday or the day before? And it, I mean, it, it got to uh, I think it was eighty five bucks. Yeah, that's criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, and and I, and we're not even the highest in the province. You go down to Vancouver, and I think regular gas is a is a dollar eighty five or something? Well, I had heard that supreme that uh, premium gas in Vancouver has now hit two dollars. So that... yeah, it's over. It's two. I think two hundred two or two hundred five for premium gasoline in Vancouver. It's I th- and I'm just looking it up right here right, right now. I think it was a dollar. Yeah, a dollar eighty seven in Vancouver for regular gas. Wow. And yeah. I mean, this is, it's nuts. I mean, Vancouver has, you know, I mean, Vancouver's as far left as you can get in this province. And they have other taxes that we don't have in the rest of the province on gasoline. So they've got a transit tax of 17 cents a liter. Um, They've got, uh, and that's nowhere else in the province. So, right off the bat, they're seventeen cents a liter more expensive than anywhere else, just because of that one tax. Right. So yeah, that's that's crazy. And I know with uh, even going to the grocery store too, I'm seeing that with uh, with the produce going up, uh, well, about twenty percent jump depending on what you buy, and everything's going up. And Roy Green on his show has said several times it's you know he knows it's bad when you can go to the gas station and the grocery store and you can't afford to fill up in either place and that's not even a joke anymore that that's a reality for a majority of Canadians and it's just getting worse. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely insane how expensive things are getting right now. Um, I mean, I run a business where gas and diesel are part of my expenses and it's it's gone up so much that I'm worried that the pricing that I'm using for customers right now is not high enough and and yet I my customers are lined up six months out and it's it's like if it, if gas and diesel keep going up like this, I'm going to have to go back to those customers and say, "Look, I need to charge more. I'm sorry." Oh, absolutely, you're going to have to, and it's a uh, it's a vicious circle because I mean, half of Canadians are are broke already, and that's that's statistics. That's just just plain fact. And as inflation continues to climb and outpaces any kind of wage growth. Yeah, Canadians are just getting further and further behind, and then that you know that in turn affects businesses who are on the service end of the the spectrum because suddenly Canadians now can't afford to renovate their basement like they had planned or whatever, and it's just a it's just a vicious vicious circle. Yeah, and and I mean, and I do remember there was these two dumbasses that um, host this 
silly podcast who predicted all of this was going to happen. And we were told we were conspiracy theorists. Right. Because we, we, we made, we made this, that was Lewis and Tony, I believe on Canadian common sense talking. About, yeah. yeah. Cause we had said this, this crazy thing about you keep printing money the way you do and you don't increase production of goods. You're eventually going to inflate your currency. <laughs> what? We were right. Yeah. Again, I hate being right about this stuff, but we keep we keep being right. And and I hate that because this is not stuff I want to be right about, but it's it's true. I mean, we we were saying this 2 years ago. We were saying 2 years ago that this was going to happen, that this was coming down the road. And then COVID hit and the the money uh, supply got expanded to the point where, like, I remember on our show, we were saying how it was going to render the Canadian dollar almost worthless. And lo and behold, that's what's happening. And, and I mean, it, it just blows my mind how, you know, two lowly everyday guys hosting this podcast can be right about this stuff and yet the so-called experts that every single news story quotes i don't know who these experts are or how they became experts but every single news article quotes an expert these days and um and these experts all said oh yeah no no inflation isn't going to go over two percent well how do you figure that I mean, the fact that we're, we've blown past that number and we're more than double that number and we're going to almost get, we'll probably close in on triple that number. Um, how did they not see this coming? Well, that's the thing. I mean, and I know this, uh, Pierre Polyev has talked about modern monetary theory, which essentially is try to print your way out of recession. And... He said it, I've heard Dan Bongino say it as well, and Dan Bongino actually has a, an MBA in economics. And what he was always saying was that, I mean, you print more money and you don't increase production of goods, then you have more money chasing fewer goods, thereby inflating the prices. And you and I understand that because we're average consumers. So uh, why is it that these always unnamed experts always just seem to uh, not get it? Yeah, and isn't it funny? Experts say. Exactly. <laughs> experts say, according to experts. Who are these flipping experts? I don't understand this. Like, what makes you an expert? And I want to be one. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they get quoted a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny because you and I are right so often about this stuff, and yet no one quotes us. Yeah, well, hey, maybe maybe they do because they never name who the experts are, so maybe we are the experts and we just don't know it. <laughs> well, those experts are wrong. It can't possibly be us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, all right, so let us move on to, uh, well... Well, I just, I wanted to say one thing before sure. we move on from, from inflation. The, the weird thing that I've noticed, though, is that inflation has skyrocketed, right? It's well over 5%. The real number is closer to 7.5%, I believe, if you take into account energy and housing. Sure, it would be, yeah. Yeah, I believe it's 75 or 8%, the actual number. And 
yet this is something that doesn't normally happen that is happening right now is that inflation is way up the price of silver and gold is not that is a little bizarre isn't it because usually people run to the precious metals and we're not seeing that no we're not and that's that's a that's concerning because that's not something that normally happens and um and i've kind of wondered where where that is going right like where is that money going because it's not going to crypto either no i mean and uh the stock market is doing well but not not so much better that you would be able to trace that money there either so uh well that's a good question Yes, the stock market's not even doing that great. I've got a list of a whole bunch of uh, of stocks, right, that that I follow that kind of give me a good indication as to where the stock market is really going, not not what the the overall number of the Dow Jones is at, right? Where you know they they go, oh, it's at thirty two thousand points or whatever. It's doing great. Well, yeah, but that can be all down to ten stocks that's driving that and so i keep a list of a bunch of stocks that i follow that that are not those 10 stocks they're other stocks that are important and the general trend has been down this like for the past year well that's interesting yeah and so there's like a handful of stocks that are driving the stock market up and those are like the teslas the Amazons, the, the these big ones that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars, right? But the ones that, like these these average everyday stocks like energy stocks and um, uh, precious metal stocks, they're going down. And which also doesn't make sense to me because precious metals are supposed to be in extremely high demand, but... The, the the mining companies their stocks are all dropping and the prices on precious metals are not going up so there's something very strange going on and I don't know what it is because Bitcoin they were saying was going to become the new gold right like the new gold standard was going to become Bitcoin because Bitcoin was hitting like astronomical numbers they were going like almost a hundred thousand dollars they were predicting and it's like, and I mean, a hundred thousand US. And right now, like, Bitcoin's been dropping consistently for months, and it's it's sitting at around forty eight or forty nine thousand dollars Canadian right now. And they were predicting it would be a hundred thousand dollars US in January, and it never got anywhere near that. So I really don't know where the money's going. It, I mean, is it real estate? Is that where they're sinking their money right now? Is that the safe haven? Is real estate not gold and silver? Well, that's entirely possible because the real estate market is, well, it's insane. So It, it is. It is absolutely bonkers right now. And, like, I can't, like, my house is two and a half times the value it was when we built it six years ago. Wow. And because, and we've, and we've got real estate agents knocking on our door on a regular basis, asking us to sell. And I'm like, well, <laughs> where do I go? Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, my house now is worth, you know, more than $1.5 million, but and I sell it, and that's great. I'll put, you know, 
I'll have seven figures in my bank account, but where do I go? Because the cost of other houses has gone up the same amount and I can't afford to buy one, even with seven figures in the bank. Yeah, that's crazy. So there's no point in selling or leaving. It's like, yeah, this this house I've got is appreciated in so much in value and it's great. But if I sold it, I, I have to turn around and spend every last penny of that to buy a new one. Yeah, so you're, you'd end up not being ahead anyway. So. Exactly. Unless I'm selling and I'm just going to travel in an RV for the rest of my life. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where the money is going. I don't know where they're putting it. I don't know what the safe haven is. It doesn't. I just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And, I, and that kind of scares me because like, I don't know uh, what the future holds at the moment. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh all right, so our next two topics are kind of intertwined, that being the uh, the Freedom Convoy protests, uh, the other protests in B.C., and Justin Trudeau's douchebag behavior. So uh, because I can't stand Justin Trudeau, let's talk about how much of a douchebag he has been for the last, well, six-plus years, but specifically this last week. Okay, yeah. So he I had a think, quite an I don't, I don't think you can be a bigger douchebag than he's been in the past week. He's been nothing but vitriol in the House of Commons for the last week debating the Emergencies Act. And he crossed the line big time in a exchange with Melissa Lansman, who is an MP for Thornhill, which is a riding in Toronto. She's a conservative. And... Not that it matters so much to me, but it matters for the situation that she happens to be Jewish. And Justin Trudeau said that all the conservatives lay their lot down with those who, who carry swastikas. And Miss Lanceman lost it because she descends from a family that survived the Holocaust. And she demanded an apology. And uh, I'll let you discuss how uh, Mr. Trudeau handled the request for an apology. Yeah, so so what happened was she asked him a question about when, you know, she because she quoted something he said six years ago about how, you know, Canadians can't trust their government unless the government trusts Canadians and all of this kind of stuff, like really great buzzwords and, and all this and, and made people think that... Um, that there were good times coming and sunny ways and all this kind of stuff, right? And uh, and then at the end asked him, you know, when did the prime minister lose his way? And uh, and so he stood up and he said, conservatives can stand with people waving swastikas. And the house lost it. Like the speaker had to warn everybody in the house to not use inflammatory language in and he sp and he specifically singled out the prime minister, and uh, and so then uh, Melissa Lanceman followed up with another question, which I thought was brilliantly said. Um, you know, where she asked him, you know, where he, you know, we feel admit that he's lost control and he's lost his way and he's lost his. Uh, his caucus and all of this. And it was a great question. Again, 
his answer was very flippant and had nothing to do with the question. Um, and then uh, another MP stood up and asked for an apology, uh, he being Jewish himself. Uh, and then it came back to Melissa Lanceman. And then actually, and sorry, um, Andrew Shear also uh, said that, you know, he... He would like to uh, uh, file a, a point of order uh, because of this, and uh, and then it eventually came back to Melissa Lanceman, who you know she was fired up. Uh, you could tell she was she was so she was seething with anger and hurt, uh, saying how she has she is uh, a Jewish woman who the descendants of Holocaust survivors and that she has never in her life made feel made to be uh, feel less than except for today in the House of Commons by the Canadian Prime Minister and demanded an apology and it was at that moment that it was it was uh, revealed that Justin Trudeau had left the building that he he just walked out of question period walked out of the Parliament buildings and he would rather do that than apologize. And there was another MP that stood up and said something that I was like, finally, somebody is saying it. Well, you and I have been saying it on this show for a couple of years, but at least a couple of years. That he stood up and he said, you know, this prime minister has no trouble apologizing for events that happened before he was born by people he's not connected to. But so when is this prime minister ever going to apologize for something that he has done? Yeah, and uh, and we see how he dealt with it. He walked out like a coward, um, just like he's been hiding like a coward ever since the Freedom Convoy began making its way to Ottawa. And instead of even trying to cool tensions before the convoy got to Ottawa, we get the small fringe minority holding unacceptable views comment. And he continued to pour gasoline on that fire, talking about how they were a bunch of racists, bunch of Nazis, and et cetera, et cetera. And finally, the uh, Freedom Convoy has come to an end, Canada. They, the uh, Emergencies Act was invoked, and we're going to talk about that, uh, the necessity, right away. The Ottawa police, with some help from the Toronto police and the RCMP, decided they would, and the Ontario Provincial Police, by the way, as well, they moved in, started making arrests, and if you watch some of the videos that we shared on the of, of the events in Ottawa, um, I don't really know where that was, because that wasn't Canada to me when you see a bunch of jackbooted thugs hitting people with rifle butts when they're already handcuffed and on the ground. Um, the, the Toronto mounted police officers blazing right through a crowd of people, knocking people over, having horses stomp on these people after they've been knocked over. It was, it was absolute mayhem for a bunch of peaceful protesters who announced they would not resist and would let the police do their job. Shameful. Yeah, I mean, the horses knocking people over was pretty bad. Um, one of them was a woman in a, a mobility scooter. Um, it, it, 
I, I was I was shocked by that. But then I saw another video that absolutely horrified me, and it was of that police officer using his um, assault-style rifle <laughs> yep. uh, as a battering ram on a protester's, like, body. I mean, he was down, he was handcuffed, and this cop was was like beating him with the butt end of the stock of that rifle. Yep. And and it was it was shocking. Like I I've never seen that happen in Canada. No, exactly. And I was absolutely beside myself after seeing the video of the mounted police knocking that uh, lady over. And Ashley Virk, I'm calling her out by name because it was her report live. She's a CBC reporter. She reported that someone threw a bicycle under the feet of the horses. And I thought, what the hell video did you watch, lady? Yeah, there, there's... You want to talk about misinformation? I mean, okay, there was a rumor going around on the internet that that woman who was in her mobility scooter that was knocked over and trampled had died. That is a lie. It is not true. She was bruised, but she is doing fine. Yes, and nobody and, was killed, by the way. Uh, Vancouver Times reported three people were killed. I have never heard of the Vancouver Times, and good thing because nobody died, Canada. Yeah. We want to get that straight right now. No one died. That lady in the mobility scooter, she was battered and bruised, but she was she is she's doing all right. Uh, that is direct from her family. Uh, but she was in a mobility scooter, and that's the bike that's that right. that, rep that that reporter claimed was thrown at the uh at the at the at the horses it was an, it, first of all it wasn't even thrown second of all it wasn't a bike and third of all it was an elderly woman sitting on it yep all true and when uh i was watching the the mounted police bowling through the crowd there on horseback and one of the officers actually deliberately moved his horse to the right to bump that gentleman in the brown coat who, and I think that was the same time that woman got knocked over. It was, yeah. That happened, uh, I believe the, the man in the brown coat was knocked over uh, right before her. Yeah, because I think he was trying to shield her, was he not? Yeah. Or appeared to be anyway. Yeah, or he just couldn't get out of the way. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it was brutal. I mean, the, nobody was resisting arrest. No, I mean, you can't. And, actually... and here's the thing: like I've even had people I know say to me, "Well, how do you know you're not there? You, how do you know nobody resisted arrest? How do you know that nobody's been violent the past three weeks? And how do you know this? And how do you know that?" And I said, "Because every single person has a high definition video camera and 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 uh, still image camera in their pocket. That's and right. if, if that stuff was really happening." There'd be video or photos of it all over the internet. There's none. No, exactly right. So then, uh, so now that that, you know, a lot of the protesters have gone home and they did tow a couple of dozen trucks because, well, they commandeered tow truck drivers and 
and I got to give Evan Solomon credit. I don't, he doesn't deserve a lot, but at least when he was interviewing David Lametti and also Marco Mendicino, he did not let up on any of them and, and asked, okay, the Emergencies Act, why do we need it? Why is it being invoked when we've already got laws in the books that can deal with protesters? Are you just invoking this law so you can commandeer tow trucks? And neither of those ministers could actually give him a good answer. So I'm asking now, Canada, did we need the Emergencies Act in the first place? And do we need to be voting to yes to invoking it when the House resumes Monday? The answer to that is no. I mean, all of this, the, the, I mean, the blockades at the border were all cleared out before they even invoked the Emergencies Act. The, the protesters at Parliament Hill were removed by means not used or by means that, that were available to them without the Emergencies Act. Correct. The, the only thing the, that was used from the Emergencies Act was freezing people's bank accounts and commandeering tow trucks. Yeah, and actually I'll even take one of those off the table. Um, if First Reading, which is a subsidiary of the National Post, reported that a citizens group actually managed to get an injunction to freeze bank accounts for those supporting the protest before the Emergencies Act was invoked. So now they're invoking the Emergencies Act to commandeer tow trucks, and that's it. Yeah, and the other thing is, is like, so the the banks have been freezing bank accounts and for for people who have donated money like yeah. and it would be before it was ever deemed illegal so like there's i've i've seen reports on online of people who saying that you know they donated $10 or $20 or or $50 or or $100 like um like 3 weeks ago and their bank accounts have been frozen yeah it's uh well, it's ridiculous and it's shameful. That's for sure. Like I, I, uh, I'm actually, I'm not even upset that the Freedom Convoy has been told to go home or it's been broken up or whatever. I think they made their point, and that's obvious because provinces have been tripping over themselves to get vaccine mandates lifted. So, except BC, except BC. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, in the Freedom Convoy, for the most part, has done its job, and. What uh, happened also in BC was a coastal gas link protest really exploded, literally, and yep. calling into into question. Well, what do we do about those guys? What happened, Lewis? Yeah, um, a group of I think no, nobody knows for sure, um, but the reports from. Im- from Gaslink employees saying said that um, it was a group of like twenty to thirty people with axes and with um, uh, fire making uh, items. I, I don't know what else other term to use, but uh, they they broke into this camp where where you know, where all the construction equipment is and, and everything. There was a skeleton crew on because it was the middle of the night. Uh, they attacked equipment. They attacked 
everything they could, they went after the employees. They even attempted to murder one of the employees when they when they tried to light the truck on fire that he was in. Um, they did millions of dollars in damage. They even set up roadblocks by dropping trees across the road and everything, and then hurled rocks at the police uh, cars when they arrived. Um, I mean, it, it's, I, I want to make something clear. There's a reason we haven't seen these protests, like these violent protests against, and well, protests at all during the last two years against the construction of the Trans Mountain Pipeline, against GasLink. Um, you know, you're not seeing protests against these and you haven't seen them for two years. And the reason is, is because our borders have been closed. Wait, are you suggesting that perhaps these protesters have been funded or even staffed by American dollars? Not just American dollars, but American people. No! Oh, my God. If the, I mean, if those people were Trump-supporting organizations, then... David Lametti would be going after them. They should be worried. He said as much. Yeah, they don't have to worry because this is because them, you know, Trudeau doesn't want natural resource development. He doesn't want pipelines built. I mean, yeah, they bought the Trans Mountain Pipeline, but they've even announced they're not going to give any more money, even though the pipeline is is way over budget. Of course, we said, and we said that was going to happen, didn't we? We We said back at the beginning when they did all this. You and I, I mean, I remember saying on the show that that because the government is now involved, the cost of construction is going to go through the roof. And guess what? It has, and. Um, and they've and the government has said that they're not going to give any more money. So that pipeline may not even get completed unless someone buys it now. And the uh, but but all these protests, the, all the protests that were happening before COVID didn't happen during COVID. And and the only reason is because our borders were shut down, and these these paid protesters couldn't get across the border. Yep, exactly right. And yet, uh, you and I, again, you and I, just a couple average working class Joes, are able to figure this out. And our audience also is able to figure this out. So why is it the the experts are so clueless? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I still want to know who these experts are because they're always, you know, some expert that is either unnamed in the in the uh, article or because they they just say oh experts say this or experts say that and it's like you know just because you have an opinion doesn't make you an expert and i'm talking about the person who wrote the article yeah so i i mean it's it's just oh the misinformation that's out there is not coming from the people the government wants you to think it's coming from yeah, that's true. Now, uh, see, we're getting to our time here, Canada, so we'll uh, we'll probably wrap it up on that. The uh, the Freedom Convoy. Well, it's uh, so long to you, but I do believe you got your point across. You needed to get peaceful protest works. Axe throwing protests do not. 
Well, I, I don't want to end it there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the protests are over. Possibly I not. Don't, I don't think the Freedom Convoy is over. Um, from what I from what I've heard, there are people heading to Ottawa from different parts of the country. They've decided that since the Emergencies Act was invoked, that this has been a a, 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 a horrible uh, misuse of power by the federal government, and there are, and there's more people that are heading to Ottawa now. Um, I. I don't want to see that now. I want if if you're going to protest, do it in your city. Have these protests happen all across the country, rather than have it concentrated in Ottawa. Like I, I, I there's the protest here in where I live. It was bigger yesterday than the previous three Saturdays. So I, I don't. I don't think these pro, the protesting is over, and I think that it might actually get bigger. Maybe not on Parliament Hill, but definitely across the country. I think the protests are getting bigger. Well, I'm actually encouraged to hear that. So that's an even better way to end the show. So, uh, yeah, let's watch out for more of those protests, and let's keep fighting for freedom, Canada. Yeah, and let's hope that this actually does cost Justin Trudeau his job. Let us hope for that. Um, Public opinion has been split on the Emergencies Act invocation. 39% say are strongly opposed, 38% strongly in favor. So uh, polling from Main Street shows that the Conservative Party has surged ahead polling-wise and the Liberals are dropping like a stone. So, uh... And after what he said in the House of Commons and walked out instead of apologizing, I think his own caucus is going to turn on him. We talked about this last show, about how we thought that, you know, it was going to be his caucus that, that forced him to resign, and I, after what happened on Wednesday, I am, I believe that even more. Yep, I'm definitely with, with you on that one, too. Yep. Alright, Canada. Thank you for joining us, Canada, as always, and we will talk to you again soon. And until the next time, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada.